Well, tonight, I want to talk about how to be strong in the Lord. Because, see, we are not to do any of this in our own ability and in our own strength. And as a matter of fact, you can't. Amen. Right? So just, just get over yourself. Get off the works treadmill if you're on it, right? I have, a, I have a feeling I'm looking at a lot of people that are like, yeah, I got off that thing. Sometimes I jump on it, but I, I, I try to stay off of that thing mostly, right? Now get on other treadmills. That, that's good for you. But the works treadmill, that, that stinks, right? But God wants you to walk. He wants you to walk in his strength and in his ability, so we're going to start talking about how to do that, okay? So turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This will be a foundational passage. We're going to do a little expository teaching tonight, and I'm going to go through a little verse-by-verse -verse thing so that we can really see a powerful passage here. Are you excited? Yes. Don't, 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 don't learn how to be strong in yourself right? Learn how to be strong in him because then you live an unlimited life. You, I mean, when you learn how to do this in your current situation, no matter what it looks like, you can get excited and know, know he, he can tell you and show you your future and that it's a good future. If you're sick, you could see yourself walking free from sickness. If you're handicapped, you can see yourself free from that. If you're under the financial burden of life and poverty and lack and all this stuff, you can see, no, 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 the, the promise of God, the blessing of Abraham that has already been put upon me is to bring me into a full and overflowing position of wealth so that I can be a blessing to this world right? So Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to look at starting in verse 10. Now you got to understand this. Paul wrote this letter to the body of Christ, specifically to the Ephesians, but it was to be a circulatory letter that was to go everywhere. So this, this letter was written to Faith Family Church in 2023. Now the Ephesian church was under incredible persecution, Right? The Ephesians church would have been the church of churches in the early church. The who's who in the body of Christ attended it, pastored it, all this stuff. But these people were still not walking in the victory that they should have walked in. So let's look at this. This book, there's six chapters, and I'm telling you, it's amazing the doctrine that is in this book about who you are in Christ, who you've been made, you know, how you got saved, all of this stuff. Paul says this, finally, my brethren. In other words, in the Greek, it would read close to the English. Literally, it would read, now to the most important thing that I'm going to say to you. Finally, my brethren, or you could say, you might want to write in your Bible, most importantly, if you don't get this, if you don't get anything else, get this. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Man, I'm so glad I don't have to do what God's called me to do in my own strength because I, I could never do it, right? 
But boy, I can, I can walk in him and watch where he, I just flow with him and he works it all out. So finally, my brethren, be strong. In the Greek language, this is in the commanded text. So this is not a suggestion. Jesus is not saying, hey guys, I've got to, I'd really like you to be strong. No, your Lord, right, the head of the church, your Lord is commanding you to be strong in him. Right? To be strong in him. Now this, this phrase, be strong in the Lord, it's real interesting because this word strong literally means superhuman strength. And this is in the locative tense. Be strong in the Lord. In other words, he is saying, I'm commanding you to walk in superhuman strength and it's in the locative tense. And this superhuman strength is only found in me, Jesus says. It's all in him. There's no superhuman strength outside of being in him. So to walk like this, you're going to have to walk in him. Okay? So you're going to have to learn how to walk in him. Thank God you have the mighty Holy Spirit on the inside of you that will teach you. He'll take you by the hand and he will teach you how to walk in him. Isn't that powerful? Right? He'll teach you. Acts 17 in verse 28 literally says... For it is in him that I live and that I move and that I have my very being. I am to walk in him. Colossians tells me that my life has been tucked away with Christ in God the Father. Wow. He is my inaccessible place of refuge. The Bible says now, all the promises of God, every promise in this Bible to you is in Christ. And it says all the promises of God are where? In Christ. And they're all in Christ, yes. So God's answer to you for everything he's given you is yes. And it's also amen in him. Amen means so be it unto you. Right? So, so this is, be strong in the Lord and in the power. It's the Greek word kratos. It literally, it literally is a word that describes the very strength of Almighty God. It was demonstrated, the kratos power of God, an example of it is when God the Father raised Jesus from the dead and all of us with him and seated him in heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, far higher than far above all spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. In other words, now, just the kratos, the strength of God did that. And God is saying, listen, this strength, Jesus is saying to you tonight, this strength is in me. And I'm commanding you, now, God is just. He would not command you to do something that you couldn't figure out how to do, right? And that's why he put, you, that's why he put his spirit in you so that you could know those things that have been freely given to you by God. We, we always preach that scripture when we talk about all the blessings 
You know, healing is such a blessing. Prosperity is such a blessing. Those are wonderful things, aren't they? But I'm telling you what, they can't compare. They can't compare to the blessing of allowing the very strength of God to empower you in every moment of every day of your life. Those are, I mean, those are, wow, powerful blessings. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In the power, the kratos power, the strength of God, of his might. That word might in the Greek language means his ability. So God is saying to you and I, I want, I'm commanding you to be strong. And, and it's real interesting, this word, this word strong is also, you could, you could translate it this way in the tense of the Greek. It would read like this, be continually strengthened, be continually strengthened in me and in the power, the strength of my ability. That's literally what it's saying to us. God wants you to walk on this earth according to the strength of his ability, not your ability. Right? You were not created to do anything alone. You were created to have Zoe life, the God quality of life, which is always together. The Trinity, the three who are one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they don't do anything alone. They do everything together. You've been created to do everything together with him. That's why your life is tucked away and hid in Christ, right? or with Christ in God. Interesting, right? So we are literally commanded to live victoriously in this age, this evil age right now. We are commanded to live in victory in this evil age, right? And how do we do that? In spite of all the satanic opposition that we'll deal with, but we're commanded to live victoriously through God's ability and power, right? The satanic opposition that comes against you is nothing compared to the power and ability that is within you and for you. And, and I mean, he can't, he can't even, there's no competition in Christ. Paul is saying to the church, to the Ephesians church, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying to Faith Family Church tonight that in order to live in victory, you're going to have to know something as we go on about the armor of God. You're going to have to know something about the armor of God to be strong and to walk in victory. Right? The Holy Spirit breathed this letter to show us how to turn knowledge of, of God into victory. So as you meditate in these scriptures and you gain revelation knowledge of this passage of scripture, you will be able to take that revelation knowledge and turn every arena of your life that is not victorious into victory. The knowledge of God, it literally is given to us to turn every circumstance into victory. It's ridiculous sometimes that things are taught that, you know, when things happen to us, uh, 
I heard in one Christian school, uh, actually I didn't hear it, I saw the lesson, where, where they said, you know, people who are born handicapped, that God formed them in the womb that way. And that's, that's not true. That's not true. Right? I mean, my heart goes out to people that are born into that, but I've got good news for you. Jesus is the healer. Right? And that, that he, has, he has health for you and miracles for you. Oh, pastor, don't say that. Yes. Yes. God, see, we live in a fallen world. Our bodies are subject to sickness and disease. The enemy's always stealing, killing, and destroying. It's never God's plan that a child be born that way. But I'm telling you, it is God's plan that if a child is born that way, that it could change. But we, get, we, we sit here and go, well, how can we preach that? that? I mean, people will get mad at me. I refuse to care about that. Because I care about what I care about what God cares about. He cares about people. Listen, it, wherever you are in your life, there is no impossible situation. And the Holy Spirit of God will lead you into life. And then there's others. That man, you were born in great health and you took advantage of that and you abused your body and you were a drug addict and fried your brain and messed up your whole body and did all this stuff and got into accidents because you were you know, high on something and you got all these problems in your body. I've got good news for you. It's called repentance. When you come to Christ, man, I'm telling you, he makes all things new. There's healing for you. Well, there's stories of pastors that were in insane asylums because they fried their brain on drugs and now they're pastoring thousands of people. He makes all, all things are possible. One thing about you as a child of God is your past is never to dictate your future. And the world can't stop you in Christ. No matter what the enemy has done to you, I think of some of the sexual abuse and physical abuse and all the things that some people have grown up in. Guys, God will restore. God will restore. But we got to be strong in Him. Right? See, our weakness, our weakness is not an issue if we are drawing on His strength and His ability. Right? You get in a situation and you're like, man, I'm a baby Christian. I don't know what to do. You know what? Guess what? I got good news for you. The one on the inside of you knows everything. Well, pa pastor, I just don't know the word like you do. Guess what? The one, on the, in the one on the inside of you knows everything about the word. The one on the inside of you literally is one with the word. So is there a scripture that you don't understand? Well, you might not have understanding now. But he'll lead you into it. Because he is Jehovah. He is the self-existent, almighty one who loves to reveal himself. That's what his very name means. Wow. One of the greatest benefits of a victorious Christian life is not that God comes in and changes our life. No, 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 no. Go beyond that. 
God, it's not a changed life. It's an exchanged life. I exchanged my old life and he gave me his life. So now it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Well, you got to meditate on that one, right? It's an exchanged life. So you guys ready for verse 11? Could you imagine if I taught a verse-by-verse study through the Bible? We'd be here, we'd, we'd be going all the way through. The, Jesus would be like, listen, we're in the millennium, guys. We got, I need you to help me out. Come on. Verse 11. So verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his, of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. How are you going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? Put on the whole armor of God. Now, be careful with the word put on. Right? Some churches, you know, when you grow up in Sunday school, and this is not a bad thing, but let's get it right. You know, people talk about every day, okay, every day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put on my armor. No, 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 no. You, no, you don't want to take off the helmet of salvation when you go to bed. You wake up in heaven, and Jesus is like, well, what, what are you doing, right? You don't want, when you're sleeping, you don't want to let go of the shield of faith. Has, has the enemy ever tried to throw thoughts at you in your sleep? Right? So this word put on is the Greek word enduo. Okay? It means to be endued. To be endued with the whole armor of God. It's the same word that Jesus used with his followers. He said, guys, I don't want you to go out and do anything. They were born again, right? But he's like, don't. I want you to go to Jerusalem until you be enduoed with power from on high. Don't go do anything until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit important? Well, Jesus thought it was so important. He's like, guys, don't go out there and try to do anything without this. And you know, they didn't, when the Holy Spirit came, they didn't like grab him and try to put him on. No, no, they had to be endued with him. Jesus, when he got baptized, was endued with power. Wasn't he? Acts 10.38, how, how, how God the Father anointed, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and even with power, who went about doing good. Man, I'm telling you, you be being filled, you live that overflowing life, you will not be able to be quiet. You'll, you'll be a witness, Right? If you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're not, on, you're not regularly witnessing to people and telling them about what Jesus is doing and inviting them to church and praying as the Holy Spirit leads you, why? You're not speaking in tongues enough. You're not living in Him. You don't know how to walk in that. So we have little books that we could, we could compress the time frame and get some knowledge in your hand. The scriptures that lay it out. Well, I just don't know about that tongues thing. Well, of course you don't. You've never studied it. You've never meditated on it, right? 
I know nothing about how, how to change an engine out of a car. I don't know anything about that. I mean, it's so embarrassing. One day I left the church to go to lunch with some people over at Top Golf after church. And we're, Jeanette and I are driving and I have a flat tire. I was so thankful that a couple of the husbands came and they actually put my spare on. Because it, who knows how long it would have taken. I probably could have done it eventually. I'm, I mean, I think I was trying to crank the car up. I had the, the thing in the wrong place. I mean, that's a little embarrassing, right? But listen, the Holy Spirit knows everything about how to walk in this. So you allow the whole armor of God. You guys are laughing at me. That's all right. That's all right. You're laughing with me. We'll just say that. You allow the whole armor of God to be endued upon you. Right? Look at this. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because guys, he's coming. You encountered him today. Right? Stand against the wiles of the devil. So let's look at this. God wants you to be endued with his armor. When you have his armor on, guess who you look like? Him. Right? Do you know Jesus lived his life for 30 years and there were not demons manifesting in his life? But the minute he gets endued with the Holy Spirit, what happened? Demons are like freaking out. They're like, hey, are you here to... I mean, they could even tell what season. Are you? Hey, it's not, it's not the time yet, but are you here to torment us before the time? Right? You look different. So you must submit yourself to God. Then you'll be able to be endued with power. Well, what is the armor of God? I'm so glad you asked. Because as we, as we look at this, the armor of God is revelation knowledge of his word. God wants you endued with the whole armor of God. He wants you endued with revelation knowledge of the word of God so that you can operate. Well, okay, pastor, gosh, I can't know everything. You know what? The Holy Spirit will get over to you everything that you need to know. You, you don't need... Listen, the armor of God, it's, you know, you watch movies and evil is fighting good and, you know, evil's usually bigger and badder, but then good finally wins. That's, that's not the way it is. When, when Satan got cast out of heaven, there, that was not a big battle, guys. That was like, bye, right? When Jesus comes back, listen, our white linen we're wearing white linen when we come back with him. And, and guess what? We're, we're not, you know, sword's not going to come out of our mouth. We won't have to. Because the minute it comes out of his mouth, when he speaks a word, wow, it's over. And then if that's, see, spiritual death is so stupid, even after Satan's in, 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 incarcerated in the bottomless pit, 
for a thousand years at the end of the millennium reign of Christ. He's going to be let out for a season. He's going to go around the whole earth, deceive people again to think, and there's going to be a great multitude, armies coming against where God has set his kingdom up on the earth. I mean, think about that. We're going to be in this camp, and we're going to see all these armies coming to Jerusalem. And, and, and we're not going to be sitting there stressed. right? We're going to be sitting there going, oh, man. This sucks to be them. And, and it's not a big battle. At the end, you know how, you know how that, that whole battle of Armageddon thing is? God speaks, it's done. It's all, it's all over. Do you realize in your life right now, when you speak the word of God, it's over, it's done. It's not a big battle. You don't, you don't arm wrestle Satan. Right? The Bible says, submit yourself to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But you've got to be endued with the whole armor of God. You have to allow it. You have to allow, see, you have to make a decision that I'm going to allow this word to be first place in my life. And when I come to it, to read it, to study it, to meditate in it, I come with a willingness to do whatever it says. Because man, he's God and I'm not. And he knows what life is and I don't. So I'm not going to fight him. I'm going to have ears to hear. Right? And man, as, as, the, and I, as I meditate in the word, the Holy Spirit opens this up to me. Revelation of the word comes and I am endued with the whole armor of God. I don't, I don't walk this way three hours a day, I walk this way all the time. God wants you, when you go to sleep, you're laying there in your bed. If you could see yourself in the spirit realm, you're laying there in the armor. That is the most comfortable way to sleep because you are at total rest, not stressed about anything because you know who is with you is greater than anything that you're facing. You know all of his supply will meet all of any supply you need in any, in any arena of your life. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand. This word stand is very important that we understand. It literally means to stand means to, this word literally means to survey the battlefield so that you can see the enemy coming. Any military person will tell you they want high ground, right? And that's what, when the armor of God comes upon you, it literally lifts you above anything and you could see the enemy coming a mile away, right? That, it, it, that word literally means, to stand against means that you survey the battlefield. And this word against is interesting. It means that you always stand face to face with him. It's the Greek word pros. If you'll notice, there is no armor for your back. Because it's impossible for the enemy to ever get around and sneak around your back because the armor will keep you face to face with him. Because as you stand against, the word of God will literally take you up and put you in a position where you're always facing him, face to face. 
I see you coming, and you have an it is written in your mouth when he's coming. This is, this is what this is talking about. Stand against the wiles of the devil. That sounds so woo, so big and bad. It's the Greek word methodia or methodia. It literally means the wiles of the devil. It means he travels down one road, one way. That's what that word means, the wiles of the devil. It literally tells you how he's coming against you. He comes down one road, one way. The wiles of the devil. The word devil exposes the way that he comes. The word devil is the word diabolos. Dia literally means to penetrate through something to the other side. Abolos tells you how he is to penetrate. By throwing something blow after blow after blow. What From other scriptures, guess what we know? We know, we know the one road. He's coming against your mind. And he's going to throw thought after thought after thought. He'll use people. He'll use circumstances. He'll use teaching or things that you hear. He'll use everything to throw thoughts at your mind over and over and over for the purpose of penetrating through your mind to get you to take that thought. But if you have the word of God endued upon you, the armor of God, he won't be able to penetrate your mind. You will take every thought captive. This is the wiles of the devil. So this is literally saying, verse 11 is saying, allow the whole armor of God to manifest upon you as you continuously draw from his power and his ability. That's literally what he's saying here. In other words, you must deliberately do something to allow the armor of God to manifest upon you. You have to make the decision. So once again, who's in control? You are. It's your decision. Right? It's not, it's not Satan's decision. To be honest with you, it's not even God's decision. Now, it was God's decision because he made that available to you and I. But he is a God that doesn't make us do things. He'll command us to do things. He'll empower us to do it. He'll make it all possible for us to do it, but he won't make you. Right? See, why are we preaching this? Because I'm telling you right now, the reason why some Christians are so weak is because they're choosing it. Is because they're choosing, I just feel this way. I've been hurt. I feel this. I'm seeing this. I'm in this mess. And I just, this is just, I, I'm just going to be real. Right? And, and God can't do anything for you in that position. Instead of that, just give all that mess and all that hurt. Because is it real? Jesus can feel it. He feels what you're feeling. And he made a way for you to get out of it. And he'll get you out of that. He'll make all things new. He'll heal that wound. And he'll take away the scar so that you can't even feel that that happened to you. So that as you go into your future, your past has a zero effect on you. Man, Satan is working overtime to just bury people. We have in our school systems... We have kids that are being bombarded with so much junk. And these kids, are, they're suicidal. They're filled with anxiety. They're, I mean, 
anxiety. Right? I mean, you got little kids that will talk about anxiety, and it's like, well, time out. You're four years old. You don't even know what that word, you shouldn't know what that word means. Right? You're making me sad. No, 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 no. Don't let your kid say that. Don't let your child say that. No, no, no. You're deciding to allow this to make you sad, but you don't have to. You want to walk in soundness of mind? Do you know he hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of might and of a sound mind? It's soundness of mind. You have to walk around saying, okay, I'm not going to buy into all this feelings and emotions and all this stuff. And if demons are manifest, I don't care what it is. They're all defeated. God's word is true. And you could stand in the armor of God and he will do nothing but flee. He can't do anything else because he's defeated. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Jump over there. We'll come back to Ephesians. But 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this. It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Say this, I am not ignorant, am not ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan's devices. Period. It's the period, yeah, there we go. <laughs> period slash a million exclamation points, right? So it's the Greek word, devices is the Greek word noemata, okay? Get a picture of this. If you crack an egg and you put it in a pan, a frying pan, you'll see this little round yolk thing, right? And then you'll see this clear stuff that'll start turning white. You could clearly see and distinguish between the yolk and the white. But if you noemata, if you know a mata, that egg, what, what that would be is you would scramble it. You wouldn't be able to tell what's yolk and what's white anymore. The word no mata, it means a tormenting and confusing mind game. Have you ever been tormented in your mind? That's no mata. That's from the enemy and it has no place in your life. And God has given you weapons that are not of this world to get all that junk out of your mind. You can stop it in a moment of time. For a Christian, listen, I've ministered to people who are not Christians, who struggled with anxiety attacks. I'm like, hey, that's no problem. Can I, can I pray for you? Yes. Right? I give them a couple scriptures and I'm like, now listen, do you see how God loves you? Yes. So when I, when I pray for you, this thing that's causing an anxiety attack in you has to leave. Would you agree with that? If they'll say yes, I'll get them free every time. Well, I don't get them free. I'm just the vehicle, right? But for you as a Christian, you don't need somebody to lay hands on you. If you're ever having an anxiety attack, this is what you do. No! Right? But, but see, in order to do that, you've got to be submitted to God. But you resist the devil and go, no, devil, I command you to leave my mind. I refuse to be anxious about anything. Right? I don't care what it is. If you're born again, 
The greater one's on the inside of you. You could stop that and never have them ever again. Lest Satan should get us an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his noemata, his tormenting and confusing mind games. This word literally means the scheming of the mind. So he throws thoughts, blow after blow, he wants to penetrate your mind so that he can scramble your mind. Have you ever been, have you ever been laying on your bed or sitting in a chair and you're just going, man... This is, everything is confusing, right? Do you know this is where the spirit of suicide lives? This is where the spirit of depression lives, right? And, and if you live in that long enough, it starts affecting your brain and, your, and all, the, all the different hormones and things, and you could get an imbalance, and then it'll try to take you deeper into it. But it's a spiritual root, and the anointing will destroy it. Amen. And God will heal your brain. Rebalance your hormones. But you, gotta, you have to make a decision. I'm going to allow the armor of God to manifest upon me. Right? And guys, remember, you don't possess your inheritance alone. You possess it with your company, with your brothers and sisters. So don't come to church and run out of here, you, you ask the Lord. You show yourself friendly. You see God bring some friends into your life because you can't hang out alone. Have you ever done that? Man, I, I was the master at that. I was going through so much as a teenager, and I mean, I didn't trust anybody because, I, you know, when, you're, when your stepdad's a, an alcoholic and you live in this whole thing, you don't trust... And I realize I, I could say it now because I didn't see it before. I didn't trust anybody starting with me. But you can trust him. He'll never let you down. See, devices is a word that you must know in order to understand spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is not climbing up on a mountain and casting down a stronghold. No, the stronghold's in your mind. Right? This is one way Satan comes against everybody. When you understand this one way that the devil is going to come against you, you will allow the whole armor of God to manifest upon you. When you really understand this is the way. And if you sit here right now, right now I believe the Holy Spirit's he's, he's bringing it right down with the, his microscope. And he's showing you that every issue in your life is all about your thought life. And man, it, it, and, and he tries to get you to take a thought. You know if you've taken a thought because you will speak it. How you get rid of that nonsense is you speak the word. And you command it to go. The reason why he comes against your mind is because he can't come against your spirit. He can't contact your spirit. He has no access to your spirit. Right? So he comes against your mind, but he does know this. Your mind is the control center of your life. And if he can, if he can capture your thought life, he can control your life and your destiny, and he could steal, kill, and destroy from you even though he has no power. Wow. See, this is why we don't have to do 
uh, uh, you know, like people will be like, well, you know, I, do, you do, do you do counseling? And I'm like, absolutely do. Twice a week. <laughs> Actually, you could do it three times a week. We're getting more and more people that could stay to second service because they're, they're so different. Actually, you could even do it four times a week if you're a guy because you could come to men's Bible study, right? Amen. I mean, we, you, could, you could see there's no greater counseling session. Well, pastor, I just need to sit down and talk with you. Guess what I'm going to say? What? No, I'm going to say what I'm saying here, because this is the answer. And I'm not counseling. I'm not the counselor. The Holy Spirit's the counselor. I'm not a counselor. If you go see a counselor, you make sure they're full of the Holy Spirit. Right? But I could give you spiritual guidance. I could tell you what the Word says, but at the end of the day, it's going to be your decision. Right? You wouldn't be here tonight if you weren't making some good decisions in your life. I'm telling you, don't, don't look at anything in your past and, and think it's going to be like this always. No, you're not camping in the valley of shadow of death. You're walking through it. You're com- think of it right now. Whatever you're facing, you're coming out of. Amen. You're being equipped to come out of it. So now we were, we were here in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11. Let's back up. Look at verse 3. Of chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Oh, sorry, yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Let's go there. Yeah, oh, we were, I, we were in verse chapter 2. So now we're going to jump forward, go to chapter 10. Sorry about that. So I'm just flowing. It's a perfect flow with him. It gets a little sidetracked because it comes through me sometimes. But that's okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Pastors have asked me, have you ever been embarrassed when you preach? I'm like, no, I refuse to be. Because that would mean I have to be thinking about myself. And if I'm thinking about myself, I am no good to anybody, especially you guys, if I'm thinking about myself, right? That's how come we all laugh together. There we go. Look at this. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Hmm. So that means your problem is never a person. If you ever think your problem is a person and you get focused on the person, you're going to miss it and you're not going to be able to walk in victory. Now, will Satan use a person? Absolutely. Well, he'll use anything, but if you want to overcome in that situation... Don't focus on the person. You focus on who's behind the person. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. Right? We're going to see this. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This word carnal means they're not fleshly. here's Here's a real accurate rendering of this Greek word. They are not of human origin. So if you try to fight your enemy naturally, guess what? That's not the weapon that God gave you. But if you'll fight every battle with the weapons he gives you, that will always ensure that you'll have victory. They are not carnal, but the weapons of our warfare are mighty 
Look at this, though, through God. In other words, for his weapon, to operate his weapon, it has to operate through him. Okay, so guess where you have to be to operate the weapon? You have to be in him. Because if you're not in him, it won't go through him. So, let's just take a test. How many of you are in him? So let me, let, me, let me tell you. The definition of that is the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you right now. Are you saved? Then you're in him. So now you can, the weapons will work. But you got, right? You got to learn how to walk in him and operate in him. Because this is what we do. Although we're in him, Satan will get us so mad at people that we jump out. We're still in him, but we're trying to operate outside of him. No, no, just stay in him, stay at rest, and use the weapons that he gives you. Okay, we're going to talk about this. They are mighty through God to do what? For the pulling down of strongholds. So as I'm fighting Satan, it pulls down strongholds. Wait, the strongholds are in me. Oh, so that must mean I'm not really fighting him. Oh, now that actually makes sense because Jesus fought him. Oh, now I understand. So the weapons of our warfare, which are not of human origin, which is the anointing of God upon revelation knowledge of his word, it works to take strongholds down in my own mind so that I realize that in this battle that I feel like I'm in, it's already over. And this thing that seems so hard, it's really not. What, could it be that easy? Oh, that's not easy. It's simple. It's not easy because of our flesh. We keep thinking, I got to do something or this person and we can't get rid of this person. This is how you get rid of the person. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You got to let the armor of God manifest upon you. If you submit yourself to God, you do these things. These weapons work through God to keep your mind free of vain imaginations, wrong thoughts, and, wrong, and strongholds. Because when you see who you really are and learn how to walk in this, you will realize, did Jesus, I mean, did you ever see the way he dealt with Satan? You know, most of the time a demon's manifesting, he's still talking to the guy, he doesn't care. He talks to the Syrophoenician woman and says, great is your faith, your daughter's free. The daughter wasn't even there. And he cast the demon out of the daughter. Non-issue. You had that, that madman of Gadara, you know, the name was Legion. They, they estimate he could have had 300 to 400, maybe up to 600, I've heard. These theologians, who knows. But it could have had a few hundred demons in this guy. And they're begging Jesus, can you just, don't kick us out of this region because we're really regional and we've worked for many years to have a stronghold here. Can you just throw us into these pigs? 
Because then they'll, we'll kill them and then we'll go looking for somebody else. He had complete mastery over everything. Do you know the Bible says in righteousness you are fixed and immovable? In righteousness, the Bible says you will be far from oppression because you will not fear. Do you know every stronghold, every bit of, he, who's the oppressor? Satan. Do you realize when you realize you've been made righteous, you're free from that stuff and you kick, you kick the spirit of fear out of your life? And from terror, it won't even come near you. Why? Because you got the armor of God on. This stuff will flee from you. Yeah, but why does it not flee right away? Well, it's waiting to see if you're really real. Is the word really dwelling in you richly? Because, And most of the time, they don't even have to wait. Because they're like, listen, okay, you're speaking the word right now, but you've been speaking junk all day. You've been walking around talking about how what everybody else needs to be doing, judging everybody else. Thank you, you're making my job really easy, what they would say to you. But oh, if you'll make a decision to put the word first and to walk the way you have been created to walk in Christ and just yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit in rest and in joy, he will walk you out of that mess. And here's the thing. You'll be free from the mess inwardly way before you realize you're free and it's out of you. It's gone. You could have the victory tonight while all hell's still breaking loose. You can go home and go to bed and rest knowing that this thing is done. That's Bible. See, it says here, these, these weapons are mighty through God. Man, it's already 822. For the pulling down of strongholds. Let me just finish so we could walk, we could leave with some understanding of this passage. This is how, this is how these weapons, this is what these weapons do. Okay, this is, it's, the weapon is the word of God in your mouth. They cast down imaginations. Imaginations, this is the Greek word logismos. It literally means the logical thinking and reasoning of a deceived mind. If you're sitting there looking at all these real, natural fact circumstances in your life, and you're thinking this is it, and it's contrary to the word, guess what? You're literally, it's the logical reasoning of a deceived mind. Because the reality, a sound mind will say, all of this has to leave. All of this, you will never bother me again. I refuse. Why? Because you are a child of God. Wow. Casting down imaginations and casting down every high thing. This word high thing, it's a lofty thing. This, this word was always used in the Greek. High thing was it's an assault against your mind. Satan is coming against your mind. See, he will illegally attack your physical body, but that's not really what he's attacking. He's really attacking your mind. 
because he's got to get you to go, well, maybe this is God or, you know, God will heal others, but maybe he just won't heal me. The, the attack, when you get a diagnosis that's serious, that attack is not against your physical body, although it seems like it is, it's against your mind. Because I'm telling you, he could attack you physically, but if you refuse to buy that and you renovate your mind with the word, you'll, you'll be able to receive healing from God to get that out of your body and you will be able to learn how to walk in divine health so that whenever he tries to attack you in the future, he won't be able to. Okay? So every high thing that exalts itself, how do these thoughts exalt themselves? This word exalts itself it means something that slowly and progressively will take a place of preeminence in your mind. In other words, Satan will start working on you when you're four years old to take you out when you're 40. It's like he, he puts you in the frying pan. You're like a frog. He doesn't just turn it up to 900 degrees. He just makes the water nice and comfortable for you. So you're doing this behavior. You're, you, the, he'll throw a thought, and it just kind of seems kind of good. You know, I really love her, and I just, I just want to make love to her outside of marriage. But, I, but I'm planning, you know, I'll, I'll marry her. And, and, and he'll use those thoughts that seem so right to destroy something and to mess it up. He'll just, he'll just, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, listen, check, look at some of the stuff pastors talked about. Listen, it's not that bad. Look, at, just, it, you're okay. Just with this behavior, just keep this going a little bit. You know, it's okay. I mean, yeah, this thing didn't work out financially for you, but it's okay. Maybe the next one will. So just entertain these thoughts for a while. And what he starts doing then is he'll start turning up the heat, but it's just comfortable until one day, when it gets really bad, and now you can't move because you've gotten so used to living in this nightmare stuff that you can't get out now because it's 900 degrees. And if you're sitting there tonight and you can't move, this is what that feels like. I, I can't break this cycle in my life. See, if, if that's where you are tonight, it's okay because guess what? The anointing. The anointing that is upon this word tonight will lift that burden right off. It'll lift you right out of the frying pan and it will destroy the frying pan and destroy the heat and it'll give you new legs. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, all these thoughts are coming. They're coming to tell you God is a liar. This is no, Don't believe this. This is the knowledge of God. He does not ever want you to know that. Starting with this. God says he loves you. That he's for you. That he's got a future for you. And it's good. It's not evil. And it says here, these, these things, these weapons through God will bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It'll bring into captivity every thought. That was a Roman military term. You've heard me talk about it before. I should have brought my sword out. 
I've got an exact replica of the sword a Roman soldier carried. A Roman soldier, if he was going to take somebody captive, if they tried to fight, they were trained in hand-to-hand combat, and they would grab a person and slam them into their breastplate while pulling this sword. The sword has a really pointed blade, and they would literally twist the guy's body and jam that sword right up their spine, literally making them, they were paralyzed from the, from the neck down. So literally, the person who's trying to fight, when he would do that maneuver, he would slide that in, and they'd just go like this. And they couldn't move anymore. That's the word, the violent word that Paul said, you got to take every thought captive. Why? Because a thought will kill you. Here is the battle in your mind. The biggest battle in our mind is against the doubts and the preconceived notions that the word of God just is not going to work for me this time. Right? Every person in the Bible who failed started with a wrong thought that they did not take captive. Why? Because spiritual strength and spiritual authority are interchangeable. When you walk in your authority, you have to be strong to walk in your authority. And and I want to leave you with this. Thoughts are governed, okay, by your associations, the people you associate with, by the things that you observe, and by the teaching that you sit under. Let me say that again. Thoughts are governed by your associations, the people you associate with, by the things that you observe, by your observations, and by the teaching that you sit under. So we're going to talk more about this next week. We're going to learn how to go stronger in God. Because the stronger you are in him, the more you rest. Amen?